<laughs> it's the Theonauts, episode 128. The one where I'm asked, what's in a name? The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, you theodenominators out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the The Theonauts. What's up? Not much, man. What's yeah. going on? Oh, not much. Just got done with school. I was trying to to pull up. Yeah, you're messing with your phone over there. Well, yeah. I was... Totally distracted. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I was trying to pull up this thing of my grandson. Because I forgot to. I was going to. Oh, like... Shepard? Yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was going oh, to bring, right. bring him in. I can't find the message. Oh, man. You should have had that oh, queued up. I should have. Here we go. Check this out. Let me. Turn the volume up. Yeah, I gotta turn the volume up and just hear it. It's the cutest thing. It's the Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Fiona. So you've been working on him with that, Pappy? Yeah. Okay. So he, so here's where that came from. Okay. So M- Mandy listens to our show. Sure. And uh, she sometimes listens to it like when the kids are around, right? And so she, she'll like uh, get done or whatever and she'll turn it off or something and you know so she can concentrate on what she's doing sure and um they'll be like turn pappy back on <laughs> and so because everybody wants to hear pappy and so that's uh, awesome yeah so anyway uh mandy's flipping through her phone right and she pulls up our the podcaster and, and jesse sees the the logo the logo mm-hmm. and he goes it's the theonauts <laughs> And she was got. She was like, "You got to do that again. I got to record you for Pappy." And so, so that was no coaxing out of you at all. That was just no his natural response. Yeah, and, and that was so funny. And then it was like, uh, I get this text out of nowhere, and it's just a recording of him going, "It's the Theonauts. <laughs> it's the cutest, cutest honorary Theonaut we have." Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> now we have to have him on the show. <laughs> Talk no, about the theology of Cookie Monster. Yeah, you don't want him on the show. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> vroom, vroom. That's great. How old is How old is he now? He is a little over three. Three. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's awesome. Yeah. So we just this weekend we mm-hmm. just celebrated the one year anniversary of bringing Shepherd home. Yeah. So it was his gotcha day. Yeah. And uh, wow. so that was awesome. Of course, he didn't know any different. But sure. We, you know, handful of us got together. And I can't believe it. It's it's been a year. I know it flies by. Yeah, I saw the the before and after pictures, like the you know the pictures of him then and now. Mm-hmm. It's like and it's drastic. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy drastic. And and even his um, like he has like a, adapted to the culture and right. to the family and all that. In such a phenomenal way, like it's totally outside the norm. Yeah, of how well he has, because um, you know he was, he was over a year old. He was over a year and a half old. Right. 
And so, uh, you know, we expected there to be more stuff, more problems, but right. You know, I think his biggest problem right now is just mimicking his uh, brother. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> so they are a couple of terrors. Are they? Yes. Batman and Robin. Yeah, my daughter definitely has her hands full. <laughs> yeah, because that's why you know Shepard. You know, I'm Batman. Sure, hey, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, Shepard. Never forget that. Yeah, that's so. great. Well, I've just been, you know, hanging out at school, getting ready for the summer. How was the, how was the first week back? It was grueling. It was just hard. Monday was tough for me and the kids because we were going, I don't want to be back. I want summer to happen, you know? And they didn't want to be back. No, spring fever's hit, and we're all ready to go play outside and not be cooped up in a schoolhouse. So, you know, that's just the way it works. But we got to power through and, and make it make it in. And so, you know, but we'll make it. It'll be good. But anyways, cool. so, yeah, that's my story and stick it to it. You ready to <laughs> do this thing? Sure. Okay, so we're doing the name of God. What's in a name? Yes. So I thought it was kind of, uh, kind of clever. My intro there, the theo denominator, denominator, because uh, to denominate something is, is to name, name it. it. Yeah, and theo is God. Right. So how's that for smart? the God naming? The God episode. <laughs> the God namers. Well, what you know, but that's really Miss Omer because God's had a name all along. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nuts. But you know, you know, most of the examples that we're going to be looking at, though, are people referring to God as something, right? Like, which is kind of cool, or it's it's different if you think about it, because you would think you would be like, like, uh, of course, we'll get to to Moses saying, "Who shall I say sent right. me?" and God has to say His name, sure. But uh, but there's so many other instances where they were just like, well. I'm doing this. God has honored me, and He is this. You're right. And He gives them a name, and they they'll give them a name. Right. And so there's several names of God in the uh, Old Testament and the New Testament. Right. So, which brings us to a question: Is it sacrilegious to give God names today? Hmm. I, I would think as long as it's a God honoring name, yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. Because that would be like, and I guess we probably. Do, do from certain aspects, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, of uh, like God of my life, Father of my life. I mean, we we say stuff. Good, good Father. Yeah, it's who hey, you are. There you go. It's who See, you are. That's that, that's relatively new. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the different names of of God. And I don't know. Uh, we're going off of a list here. Yes, we have a, a list on a chart, but it's. Um, um, I don't know what their order. I guess it's kind of alphabetical, right? That's what it looks like. But you know, that's fine. We can kind of do that. Um, well, should we go in the order of in the beginning? God. Well, yeah, we can do that. Uh, the, I, but you, know, you know what? I think the things that we're, I want to talk about in that passage, though. Yeah. I think it'd be better if we build up to it. Okay. So let's so let's let's just start on the top of the list and and go. All right. Through. So the first name on the list, if we're going to do alphabetical, is Adonai. Yeah. Adonai. So what does Adonai mean? The Lord, my great Lord. The uh, Let's see. The scriptures, it's found, is derived from the, sing, uh, the singular Adon, 
It's a term that was uh, pronounced in substitution of Yah. Yahevahe or Yahweh. Yeah, which is probably like the last one we'll talk about. But. Right. <laughs> but it, it uh it's found in Psalm eight, Isaiah forty, uh three through five, Ezekiel sixteen, eight, Habakkuk three, nineteen, mm-hmm. Adonai. And so it it basically just means the great one or my great Lord. Yeah. All right. God is master, he's Lord, he has total authority. That's the idea. Um, you know, and we went, we just walked through Habakkuk yeah. and realized that God had ultimate authority, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Habakkuk's asking that why question just like uh, Job did before him. Mm-hmm. And God basically replies <laughs> with, I'm, you know, so I'll do what I'm going to do. <laughs> Adonai would, 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 den, uh, would denote servitude. Like if you're addressing God as Adonai, you're basically uh, giving him honor in placing him in a place of authority over your life. Right. So that would be the, the best use of calling God Adonai. We would say Lord. A lot of people, you know, will just say, you know, Lord in many instances. And so it's the, it's the Hebrew equivalent right. uh, to doing that. But, you know, don't get it confused. Like if you're going through the Old Testament and you see the word Lord... In the Old Testament, in most translations, it's not necessarily Adonai. So it's not, uh, in fact, most of the time, especially if you see Lord and it's all capitalized, I know the King James for sure does it's this. It's Yeah, it's them. Uh, Touch your grandma, do, Yeah, doing the Yahweh thing. Yeah. So, um, which is, you know, that's, it, and we have a lot to talk about on that one, so we'll just wait till we get to it, but that's. That's what God calls himself at the burning bush whenever right. uh, Abraham says, who are you? So the second one is one that's very interesting to me, actually. L. L. And L means... E-L. Yeah, E-L. And that's all it is, E-L. And it basically means the strong one, right? Mm-hmm. But this is... What's interesting to me is that, that God uses this for himself as well as the people of Israel use this word. I mean, L is actually probably the second most used word for God in the Old Testament. It might be the first. It's the I didn't first. It's, 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 it the first? used over 200 times. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so it's used a ton. Now, why Why I think that's oh, weird... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Yadhe Vadhe is used like right. 6,800 times. So, okay, yeah. yeah. It's the so, second most. So, uh, yeah, L is used a lot. <clears throat> well, um, it's a generic term. So our generic term today for God is God. Right. Right? It's very similar. It's the, it's the exact same thing. In fact... Uh, other cultures use used the, the like the word L. Right, that's what I was. God. Yeah, so this is a, a Semitic word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Jews were a Semitic people, right, 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 from that area, and so Samaria. So uh, this is actually there are a ton of different gods with L in their name, mm-hmm. um, but it's that's why it's interesting to me. I've always found it very interesting that God allows them to refer to him as L. Right. Um, it, you know, I, I would think that he would, and he does set himself apart mm-hmm. at the end, you know, whenever he actually names himself. But at this point, early on, L is is uh, what they use. And so um, you see it actually in their, like even in their cities, uh, even in the name of the people, Israel. Yes. Wrestles with God. And it's not, yeah, it's in names all over the place. Right. Bethel. Mm-hmm. Bethel, which means house of God. Of God. Beth, mm-hmm. Bet-el. El. Um, and, and so Daniel. I right. mean, so you have all these these names that end in L. They all are 
like in reference to God. Sure. But they're all used in a in a God honoring way. Right. Uh, but yes, that's it's it's actually used quite a bit. But Abram, <laughs> before he became Abraham, would have used El as mm-hmm. his generic term for God. Correct. Before God actually revealed himself to Abram. And so, you know, that's that's what he grew up with understanding. Well, mm-hmm. this is God. Okay. Yeah. Um, or many gods. They were, you know, they were they were polytheists before a- Abram became a monotheist. Mm-hmm. So, so and I, I just think it's always interesting. But there's so many like uh Elijah, mm-hmm. Elisha. Both of those are God honoring names. Right. Um so anyway, it's because it's such a generic name, there's other things that get tacked onto it that actually uh, give it more uh, sustenance. So there is this term, El Elahe Israel, mm-hmm. okay, is a reference to God from Genesis 33, uh, the name of the altar that Jacob, or Israel, erected after he encount- his encounter with God and God's blessing upon him. So uh, Jacob honors him with uh, this name, and he names the altar, basically, after God uh, and calls it El Elohe Israel. Um, so then you've got another similar one, El Elyon. Right. Um, the God Most High is what that means, technically. Um, and it primarily comes from Melchizedek. Right. Which... You know, we, Melchizedek is on our list, by the way, of things to cover here on the Theonauts. I don't know if we'll ever it's a, do that adequately because that's a... It's a interesting, yeah. deep, but also a lot of, of um, theory in, right. in it. There's, there's all kinds of stuff happening there with that Melchizedek story. Uh, but whenever Abraham defeats the armies, the five armies of, um, of the... the five kings of, right. of the Babylonians, or they weren't Babylonians at that time, but the precursors to the, to the Babylonians, <clears throat> uh, Mesopotamians. They, uh, whenever that happened, uh, Melchizedek came to honor um, Abraham, and that's whenever he, um, whenever he refers to God as El- Elyon, and... Um, he he does that actually three times, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. While he's blessing Abraham, he calls him he calls God El Elyon, um, which so. is means God Most High. So actually, Melchizedek is setting God apart from all the other gods. Yes. He's saying he's higher than all the other Els. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And there's there's some predominant theory going into like the angel theory going back to. I mean, if you want to get technical with like the, the Nephilim and all that, mm. that these are all L's. Yeah, yeah. And L Elion. Lowercase E. Right, lowercase <laughs> E, L. And L Elion. In fact, there's there's Jewish storylines that talk about councils of L's, mm-hmm. right? And then the, the father of the L's, which right. is El Elion, which is God, the most right. high, right? And uh, so very interesting <clears throat> stuff. I don't know how many of you people are t- are Ted Decker fans, <laughs> but there is a series of books that the Circle that he wrote series, that I yeah. just absolutely love. The Circle trilogy, yeah, and it's actually more than a trilogy now, but um, but it's 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 kind of like the Ted De- it's Ted Decker's version of Narnia or Lord of the Rings, right. but it's not quite as grand or epic as those. But 
It is uh, a really cool uh, fantasy novel. Right. Um, and in it, they refer to God, the God of their world, uh, as Elion. Yeah. That's just what they call him. Elion. Elion. And so I thought that was really cool that he borrowed that from this. Right. So Pretty neat. Yeah. All right. El, let's see. El Elion. <coughs> Elohim. Yeah. Okay. So we mentioned Genesis 1. Yes. Because it's the first time the name of God is used at all in the Bible. Right. And this is what is used. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Right. So this this word denotes God creator, right? Mm-hmm. This is the idea that God is the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, again, El means powerful or the strong one, um, Elohim creator, all powerful creator of the universe. God knows all, creates all, is everywhere at all times. Um, and it's the plural of L, which is very interesting. Yes, especially since it like don't get don't get us wrong. It's not mistranslated. It, it shouldn't be gods. What it, because and here's why: all the verbs are singular, singular yeah. verbs. Right. So the subject is a singular subject, but it's 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 a plural word. Right. So anytime you add im, I am to the end of a Hebrew word, it's you're plural. talking the plural of it. So like a cherub. Cherubim. Cherubim or a cherubim. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's not a cherubim. Cherubim are, it's a plural. Right. Seraph. Seraphim. Seraphim. So this is this is how they denote plurality in the language. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, very, uh, it's very triune, right? Yes. So Elohim, plural, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all present in the creation of the world. Yeah, and that, let, that is a proof. Let us make man in, in our, our own image. image. Yeah. And so that that's not a mistranslation. That's how the Hebrew is rendered. That's right. And so it's like this plural yet singular. It's so cool the way yeah. that's, that's all put together. <laughs> it's almost like he's saying, yeah, we're three in one. Yeah. Way back here. <laughs> right here in the very first verse. Right. Right. So El Olam yes. uh, is the next one that we have here on the list, the eternal God or the everlasting God. Um, so this is kind of cool because we, we have references in the New Testament about Jesus. Now, one of the things that Jesus does, especially in the Gospel of John, is he claims... He refers to be God. He claims to be God. Right. He was like before... Abraham was, I am. Okay, which we'll get to that in a minute, what I am means. But that's, he was claiming to be God. That's what his claim was. Yes. The whole point of the book of John is that Jesus is God. And so uh, when we see Jesus talked about in the same way in Hebrews 13, where it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that's Hebrews 13 and 8. Um, and he obtained eternal redemption for us in Hebrews 9 and 12. So this is an attribute of God. It's about eternity. It's about everlastingness. It's about having no end and no beginning. Right. And so uh, I, I just thought that was was kind of cool. Yes. Okay, so Elroy. <laughs> His dog, Elroy. <laughs> Elroy was here. <laughs> E-L-R-O-I, the God who sees me. The God who sees me. Elroy. So the uh, um, the events around that, uh, Hagar mm-hmm. called the Lord by this name uh, beside a fountain of water 
in the wilderness, right? You all know the story of Hagar and and her her son. And You're that, waiting on an answer. They're not going to answer. Oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> um, the idea is that God, in in the middle of my distress, God sees. Yes. God knows everything me. that's going to happen, and he sees me, and He he's going to take care of me. So Hagar's in the wilderness right. after she had been shunned from the camp. Yeah. Her and her son. Ishmael. Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> that's right. And then he goes on and hunts whales. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. No. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, For hate's sake, I stab at thee. <laughs> I love Moby Dick. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> Jesus knew the thoughts of those around him, demonstrating that he is El Roy, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew 22, uh, 26, Luke 5, 21 through 24. Um, but so El Roy is used in Genesis 16, that's with, with Hagar. And then it's also used in Psalm 139, 7 through 12, El Roy. El Roy. God who sees. Cool. Okay, so the next one is probably one that you've probably heard too. Mm-hmm. El Shaddai. So El Shaddai means all-sufficient one, the God of the mountains, God uh, Almighty. Uh, and so this was primarily used. Um, it, it, there's actually some a little bit of, of um, debate about exactly what Shaddai uh, means. Uh, some scholars suggest that Shaddai refers to God's power evident in his judgment, and others suggest that El Shaddai means God of the mountains. Uh, God refers to himself as El Shaddai when he confirms his covenant with Abraham in Genesis 17. So that's the whole, I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse curse, curse you. you. Yes. So, um, so here he refers to himself as El Shaddai. Right. Okay, so the next one is one of my favorite names of Jesus. Yeah. Or God, sorry. <laughs> um, which is the same thing. Emmanuel, okay? Uh, so Isaiah, it comes from Isaiah chapter 7. This is the first really rendering of Emmanuel. But the word Emmanuel means God with us. And uh, so um, I'm, I'm pulling up this verse. Sorry, give me one second. Isaiah 7 and 14 <clears throat> there the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, again, this is the L, but it means God literally with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, So God is coming down in the form of a man, and he's going to dwell among us. This is, this is in reference to Jesus all the way back in Isaiah. All right. right, right. Uh, and then you have, of course, Matthew 1, which is the, the fulfillment of this, where uh, um, G- Jesus is born, Matthew 1, 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, behold, the virgin will give uh, have a child, give birth the son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, this was in reference to Joseph when he's having his dream with the... Uh, uh, angel and the angel tells him to name him Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Which Emmanuel? That's what it is. So pretty cool. Anyways, I love that that whole image of Emmanuel. It's my favorite, probably one of my favorite names of God. Is God with us? He dwells with us. Pretty cool. Cool. Okay, so um, why don't we jump down? To, because now we're going to get into a bunch of these Jehovah names. Yes. So before we do that, though, I think we should go ahead and do the whole Yadhe Vadhe. Well, let me ask you this question. 
I mean, I've heard <laughs> that Jehovah's the only proper name that we should call God. Right? Right. This guy, he came the other day and... So Knocked I was, on your door? Yeah, I was sitting there and I was eating my cheesy nachos and watching my... Iron Fist. By the way, it's a great series. Have you seen Iron Fist? Really? Because I haven't heard good things about it. Actually, I love it. I really? absolutely love it. Anyways, I I think it's. I haven't heard any details. I just heard people saying that it wasn't what they were expecting, and it wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. Well, those like those people are stuck up. This is an amazing, amazing <laughs> show. Anyways, so I was sitting there, I was eating my cheesy nachos, and I got a, you know, the bell rang, and so I got up and and this guy told me that I'd been calling God the wrong name all my life. That I needed to change it and say. Jehovah. So what say ye to that, David? Well, um, Jehovah is a mistranslation. (laughs) 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 So it's kind of funny, you know, if, um, okay, well, first off, this study's actually going to hit the Jehovah's Witnesses between the eyes. I don't know if there's any Jehovah's Witnesses that listen to the show. Please forgive us, but but you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you are wrong. Okay, so first off, let's... Uh, I already said that the whole gospel of John is about Jesus being God. Okay? Yes, absolutely. Your Jehovah's Witness friends will tell you that is not, not true, true. <laughs> right? Uh, in fact, their translations won't even use the word worship around Jesus. Right. Uh, they want to change that New World Translation changes it to obeisance, instead, like obedience instead of worship. Right. And uh, but no, there's the same Greek word that's used for God right. in other passages. It means worship. Proskuneo. Mm-hmm. It means worship. Okay, but that's side note. <laughs> Getting back to the the they're real hung up on this word Jehovah and about how that being Father God and that's the only that's his name and that's the name you have to use and all that sort of thing. Right. Well, um, Yadhe Vadhe. Okay, let, let's let's talk about that first because it's going to make this makes more, make more sense. Sure. Okay. Whenever Abraham, or sorry, Moses is in the uh, wilderness there and uh, in with his uh, father-in-law, he's living there. Jesse. No, I'm sorry, uh, not Jesse. What's his name? <laughs> I'm thinking of David's dad. Why did I say Jesse? <laughs> you ended. Said it. I, I mean, if you hadn't have said Levi, that, I would, no. no. <laughs> What's it? He's one of those fancy names. <laughs> is it Jehoshaphat? No, it's it's a J word. It is. Pull J. it up, Jeremiah. Okay, I but am. anyway, go ahead. While he's pulling up the name of uh, Moses's father-in-law, uh, he is he is there chasing after his 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 uh, livestock, and he. Well, did you find it? Jethro. Jethro. I knew yes. it was one of those that yes. that our lovely hillbilly it's a good thing we're, cousins. We we, we planned on doing kids. trivia later. Yeah, so. that's right. Jethro. That's right. <laughs> that probably be one of the questions. <laughs> okay, so um, so anyway, the burning bush thing happens, and while the burning bush is 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 it begins to speak to him, right? Right. It's God speaking through this burning bush, and He tells him He needs him to go into Israel and to redeem the people. From Pharaoh. Yes. And, uh, of course, Moses is reluctant. Right. And he's like, who am I? I, I? I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good leader, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so you know, who should I say sent me? That's one of his questions. And God's answer is you tell them that the I am sent you. Now, this word I am um, is this name, which is spelled in the in the Hebrew language. Uh, four letters. Uh, it's Yod, He, Vav, He. 
and we talk, we've talked about this name before, right? Because this name is so cool. Yeah. Like it has so many layers of of meaning. Yeah, go back and listen to it. What Episode one hundred eight. One hundred eight. Yeah, back in September, we talked about him being the Alpha and the Omega, about Jesus being the Alpha and Omega, and that ties to this word. Right. Um, so it, this this word is also referred to as the unpronounceable name of God. It's referred to as the Tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton. Grammaton. Um, and it is, it is um, whenever the Jews say it's unpronounceable, that's part of that is reverence. Part of it is... It's God, and right. we don't want to say His name. So they would or, say Yah, yeah, or or yeah, or they would like uh, write it and leave part of it out and right. that sort of thing. And then even today, in many Jewish writings, you'll see them write G dash D. They won't even write God right. as a formal name. So um, so anyway, but there's some reverence there. But the the flip side of this is it really isn't a very pronounceable name. Like those letters don't have much of a sound that they make. They're more breathing sounds. They're like, yad, hey, vav, hey. I mean, there's like this, these sounds and uh, of breathing. And whenever you start to really start to study that, it's really kind of cool because even the letter he, which is in the middle twice, means breath in the Hebrew language. Numa. So... Uh, well, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, well, I guess in the Hebrew it would be raya. Yeah, right. Or uh, ruah. Ruah. And so, um, <coughs> but that which means spirit. Right. Okay, so it means breathing, it means spirit, it means wind. And you you take that and you put it together with uh, the, these letters, and it is pretty much unpronounceable. But the thing I think is really cool about it is it's breathing. So, like, when you are taking inhaling and exhaling, you're basically saying... The name of God, like as you're breathing, Yah, yeah. hey, ah, hey, like the whole time. And so you go all the way back to Genesis whenever God made man, what did he do? Breathed into him the breath he of life. Breathed into him the breath of life. And even that word breath of life is another name of God. I mean, that's another word that, that they, it's like namash, and it means God. And so uh, you've got this breath of, of God in right. you that makes you alive. And so when you take this to the nth degree and really start thinking about it, it blows your mind. It's like, okay, <laughs> a baby, the first thing a baby has to do when it comes into the world is say, say the, name the name of, of God, God before yeah. it can continue. The, the last thing you do or you die on your deathbed or whatever because you can no longer say the name, say of, the God. name of God. I just think that is that's a cool concept. Powerful. And so... Uh, so anyway, that's just one layer. If we go back and, and look at that uh, that last episode, we talked about how in the original Hebrew, the letters meant behold the hands, behold the nails, which right. is a reference to Jesus. All the way back with Abraham. In the Tetragrammaton, right. in this, this word. Okay, so this word, if you were to transliterate those letters into English, it would be Y H W. H. So how do you pronounce Y-H-W-H? Well, we Americans, we just try and Yahweh, I mean, or whatever. I mean, you, you start to say it. Yahweh. <laughs> and you just put vowels in it, even right. though there's no vowels in it. So Yahweh is, that's where that comes from. So mm-hmm. anytime you hear someone say Yahweh, it is, a, uh, it is an attempt 
to pronounce the name of God, the name of God, or the unpronounceable name right. of God, uh, this Yad Hey Vav Hey. So these letters um, can also be rendered J H V H. Okay, so what happened was in the 900s uh, AD, a group of of, of Jewish people wanted to protect the writings of the Old Testament, and uh, and so they were called the Masoretes, and they lived around uh, the Sea of Galilee. And because they because the the Hebrew language doesn't have vowels, the vowels or it doesn't have real vowels. It has some vowel like letters like right. these that we were using in God's name, but. It also it doesn't have actual pronounced vowels. There's dots and tittles. Yeah, well, those weren't there yet. Those right. didn't even exist yet. Well, yeah. With and and so uh, here's what the Masoretes did. They were afraid because that was all oral. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the name Joshua and the name Jesus are the exact, exact same, same Hebrew name. It's spelled exactly the same. The right. only thing that makes it one, Joshua. Uh, uh, and one of them, Yeshua, or Jesus, is the vowels. Right. And they're implied. So you've got these Masoretes that were like, we need to protect this because the Hebrew language might die, or right. it might change to such a degree that these things will be forgotten. So they came up with this dot notation thing. Right. Where a certain uh, arrangement of dots made a vowel sound. And they would write these things around all the letters so that you would know how to pronounce this. Right. Okay, well, for whatever reason, they chose to put uh, the vowels from Adonai in Yadhe And so they put those dots around Yadhe the same vowel sounds from Adonai. So bring that much later in time into the 16th century, 1500s, and you've got translators trying to figure out how to translate this. And so you have these translators going, hmm, let's see, J, H, V, H, and the vowels are the same ones from Adonai, so it's O. Anyway, it becomes Jehovah. Jehovah. Yeah. And so Jehovah was never a, a word said by Jews. Any anytime, anywhere, the very first time it ever even appears in the Bible is in the 16th century English translations. Right. First time. So whenever a Jehovah's Witness tells you that Jehovah is the name of God and there is no other name, you can say, sorry, that came out in the 16th, 16th century. <laughs> And God's been around a lot longer than that. <laughs> right. So um, so anyway, you'll find this word Jehovah used uh, traditionally all throughout the Old Testament because of this. Yeah. And so um, so if we move on and talk about some of these other names. Right. But uh, we didn't hit... They're uh, all tied to that. The Yahweh that uh, uh, actually means I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So... When whenever Moses says, "Who should I say sends me?" God says, "Tell them I am sent you." Yeah, um, and that's where we get this whole Jesus before Moses was, "I, I am. am" statement. So this idea is God actually names Himself, "I exist." Yes, I'm here. I'm real. 
which which is kind of cool too when you think about the whole breathing thing. Yeah. You that is existence, right? right? We only exist because we are breathing. Right. So anyway. Pretty powerful how God gives us that reminder with every breath we take mm-hmm. if we understand it. If yeah. we actually I even heard it said one time that you know when an atheist is saying um there is no God, as a Christian you should be hearing God, hey, Father, hey, as he is speaking, right. <laughs> you can actually hear him speaking the name of God. So that's kind of cool. It's so good. But uh, yeah, this I am thing is uh, important in the Hebrew culture. Like you didn't just say I am like we do. We say it all the time. Mm-hmm. I am this, I am that, I am going, I'm, you know, whatever. And it wasn't a common thing to say in the Jewish vernacular. And so uh, that's why you'll find these Pharisees getting irate and just like crazy on Jesus. And it doesn't seem like there's any real reason. Mm-mm. It's like, what did he say that got them all spun up? And it's... it's they immediately picked up stones to, to stone him. Yes, and that, that's John 8, right. where he says, you know, before Abraham was, I Abraham, am, yeah, that's right. then they go, because they were mocking him basically and saying, what do you know about Abraham? You're, you're not even 50 years old, right? you know? And how do, how do you know... And he was like, well, before Abraham was, I am. And that's where they got mad. They were like, oh, he just blasphemed. Right. He just called himself God. And uh, the same thing happens all throughout the book of John. I am the way. I am the door. I am the light. I am the bread of life. Right. I am the vine. You are the branches. <coughs> He's I aming himself. These are statements that over. no Jew would ever make. <laughs> right. And he's constantly doing it. And even whenever he is gone, he's about to be arrested. And he's in the garden. And they, they come in to him and they say, uh, he says, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, most translations says, I am he. Right? But that's not, if you look underneath and you look at the Greek, that's not what he says. He just says, I am. <laughs> and it says they fell to the ground. Well, why they fall to the ground? Because of their surprise and shock. That statement that he would make that statement, and so it, he was—it was a double entendre. It, he was meaning, "I am Jesus of Nazareth," but I also, am God. "I am." <laughs> so yeah, and all this ties back to this uh, this name of God. All right, so let's go ahead and go through the Jehovah names because we we've heard a lot of Jehovah names, and yeah. again, that Je- Jehovah is is Yahweh. Yes. So we understand that. So let's go to the first one, Jehovah Jireh. Yes. The Lord will provide. Or the the Lord is provider. <clears throat> this is awesome. Yeah. This comes from Genesis twenty two, which is where uh, Abraham is sacrificing Isaac upon the altar, mm-hmm. and uh, so. There's a cool thing that happens on the way up the hill, and we've talked about this way back earlier on in our Theonauts uh, when we talked about Abraham and Isaac, but uh, but we'll reiterate this. When they were going up the hill, Isaac says, Father, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's response is, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Right. Which is really cool because once again it's it's a play on words, there's double meanings in it. He is saying God will provide a sacrifice. Right. But he's also saying God will provide himself a sacrifice. A sacrifice. In other words, God himself will be the sacrifice. A sacrifice. That's right. And if you if you do a little um, geography in here, I really believe he was taking him to Calvary. 
Like if you look, they were going to Mount Moriah, right? Which ends up being Mount Zion, which ends up being the highest point in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which is where you would have uh, what Gordon's Calvary is the highest point, right? In is in uh, Jerusalem area, and so um, I really think that that was where he was taking them. Yep. So whenever he goes up there to sacrifice Isaac, and and God steps in the way and stays his hand and all that sort of thing uh, and gives him, provides him a sacrifice uh, of a ram. What does Abraham do at that point? That's whenever he says, I will call this place Jehovah or Yahweh um, Jireh, which, which means the Lord will provide, which is also cool because it's future tense. The, the Lord, he will provide. Yes, and so this is Abraham. Basically, Not he provided. Yes, but he will provide. Yes, so he's like he's prophesying. I'm calling this place the place where God will provide. Right. That's why I think that that was Calvary. So passionate. Yeah. It's just beautiful. God is such a creative author. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. So deep. All right. Um, Jehovah. McDishki. Cough it out. Go ahead. Uh Kim. Mechadishim. Mech Mech Jehovah Mechadishkim. It means that's the first time Pee Wee Herman has been referenced on this ever. show. Okay. It means the Lord has uh the Lord who sacrifices. Yeah. Hmm. Where does this come from? It comes also known as Yahweh Mechadishim, of course. Uh, we have been set apart, made holy, and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our Jehovah Mechadishim, therefore, we are to continue to live our lives holy and pleasing to God. It comes from 1 Peter 1, 13-25. It's also Exodus 31, 12, 13. Uh, Hebrews 13, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. I didn't look up. So any it's of about these. being made holy, right? So yeah, it's about being sanctified, and so it's about having a, a righteous, uh, the, the Lord who who is sanctifying me and making me righteous, right? Which is a cool concept in the in the New Testament because He makes us righteous. We don't earn it. He is we, the we, righteousness. We don't become righteous on our own. That's right. So He does that. So um, are you looking up those passages, or are we moving go ahead on? and move on? Okay. So the next one is uh, Yehovah Nisi. Which is the Lord is my banner. Yes, um, this is another altar building. Uh, yes, one. This is an altar that was built by Moses after defeating the Malachites at right. Rephidim. Isaiah prophesies that the root of Jesse, who would be Jesus, by the way, will stand as a banner for the people. That comes from Isaiah eleven. Yeah. So this 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 word is is used both in Exodus seventeen. Right. Exodus seventeen fifteen. Moses built an altar, mm-hmm. named it "The Lord is my banner." So yeah. And then it's and it's re, um then it is prophesied uh, about the root of Jesse in Isaiah eleven. Right. Uh, Ten through twelve. All right. Then uh, this next one comes from Exodus fifteen, actually, um, twenty five through twenty seven. Uh, which I'm pulling up right now. Uh, what's what is it called? Yehovah Rapha. Yehovah Rapha, mm-hmm. which means Rapha means the Lord who heals. Yes, 
Sorry. The God, or the God who heals. It didn't pull up the way I wanted to. All right. So that one, seven, again, uh, Exodus. Which what? actually ties in really cool with Jesus. Right. As a healer, as the great physician. And so that's one of the things I find really cool about this whole study is like, even in the names of God, you can see Jesus in, in this, like he's all over it. And, uh, so as, as the healer, right. Um, he's doing this all the time. Like he healed the sick, the blind, the blind, the lame, the, uh, he even said there in, um, uh, Luke four and 18, that's my, that's my, uh, my mission is to go, uh, heal the sick and uh, cause the blind to see right. and that sort of thing. So uh, <clears throat> actually, this is God who calls himself this one. Yes. Uh, in Exodus 15, what happened, they crossed the Red Sea into the desert of Shur, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're in there for three days and they start griping, of course. Yeah. Going, what are we going to drink? We can't. Oh, you know, no. We might as well go back to eat. We're going to die. Uh, Lord uh, Moses cried out to the Lord. The Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them uh, to be put to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what's right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep his degrees, uh, decrees, I will, bring on, I will not bring on you any diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And that's where it comes from, the Lord who heals. Pretty neat. Cool. So the next one we have is uh, Yehovah Rohi. Rohi, yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. Guess where this comes from? You got one guess. Psalm, got, yeah, three guesses in the first two don't count. <laughs> Psalm 23. Yes. Yes. The Lord is my shepherd. Right there. Yehovah or Yahweh Rohi. Um, and who does Jesus refer to himself as mm, in John? I am. For the what? The good shepherd, right? Yeah. <laughs> so more I am's in there. Yeah. And actually, that's really cool. Yeah. He says the name of God. I am the good shepherd. Like that is this name. Yeah. Jehovah Rohi. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Wow. Pretty awesome. Okay. So in essence, he's quoting Psalms 23. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> And then he dies on a cross and shows us, what is it, Psalm 22? Or Psalm? Yeah, oh, yeah, Psalm 22 is yeah. the actual, uh, what what Jesus was going through on the cross. Right, wow. exactly. All right, uh, Jehovah Sabaoth, which Sabaoth, that means the Sabbath, right? Uh, Yahweh Sabaoth, uh, the Lord Almighty. Sabaoth is translated as heavenly host of armies. Um comes from 1 Samuel 1-3, I guess, yeah. which I didn't look that one up. So we would say God Almighty right, would be a uh, a good modern-day use of the Lord Almighty. Um, and, I, yeah, I didn't really look these up either, but uh, these are references to, um, to, like, for example, Malachi 1, verse 10 through 14 is a prophecy about the Son of Man coming with a host of angels. The host of armies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, this is, once again... <laughs> That's a prophecy of Jesus. Right. <laughs> so it's the same. It's a parallel. You constantly see this going on in these in these names that, that have been given to God are names that actually uh, Jesus has, um, has, has laid claim to. Right. How about Jehovah Shalom? Shalom. The Lord of peace. Yeah, so when you say Shalom, it means peace to peace you, to you, right? Yep. Which uh, is very interesting because the angels, whenever they were singing 
at Jesus's birth, mm-hmm. they cried out, you know, peace, right? So this is Jesus is the Lord of peace. He brings right. peace on earth, goodwill towards men, right? Yep. Which is pretty cool. So this comes from um, or s- several places, but one of the places is Judges 6, which is the story of Gideon. Yep. Um, and so Gideon actually <laughs> names this altar here. Right. And uh, at, at Oprah, which I always think is funny. Yeah. You know, Oprah. To memorialize God's message, peace be unto thee, O mighty man of valor. <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up whenever I because I imagine him in that that threshing floor, you know, hiding, hiding out. Yeah, and Isaiah also tells us that the Messiah will also be known as the Prince of Peace. Right. Okay. So Prince of Peace, Jehovah Shalom, it's the same name. Yeah. And so once again, there's a pattern going on here. So and what's so funny is like. This is in direct contrast to the message of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, it's in direct contrast of everything they teach. And <laughs> yet, this word Jehovah, even in the way it's, it's, it's been translated and used, is full of Jesus Christ. Like, it's ever, Jesus is everywhere in the name of God. Yeah. All right, so um, let's see here. The next one. Jehovah Shema. Shema. Uh, the Lord is there. Okay, the first mention of this one's very interesting. Ezekiel 48, 35. Okay. What is happening in Ezekiel 48, thir- uh, 35? Do you know? Mm. He's laying out the, divin- the, the, the so dimensions. where he's eating his own poo or anything. Right? No. Oh, okay. He's laying out the dimensions of a new city. Ah, okay. For Judah, right? Um. These will exist in the city, beginning in the north side, which is 4,500 cubits long. Gates of the city will be named after the tribes of Israel. Three gates on the north will be the gates of Reuben, the gates of Judah, the gates of Levi. The east side, which is 4,500 cubits long, with three gates of Joseph, gate of Benjamin, gate of Din. So he's laying out this the coordinates of this new city. At the very end, uh, the distance around will be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city from that time on will be... The Lord is there, <laughs> which is so cool. So this this idea is this is going to be God's holy city, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The Lord is there. Pretty neat. Uh, it's also found well, in forty six. Psalm forty six. I haven't actually done this, so this could be a homework assignment. But um, it'd be interesting to to study the the dimensions in Ezekiel forty eight. And see if it coincides at all. Like, for example, Numbers 2. In Numbers 2, God basically tells them how to lay the camp out. Right. And it's the same type of thing as what you were just reading. Sure. These four uh, tribes, you will camp under the banner of these four tribes going to the north, south, and east, and west of the tabernacle. Right. And if you were to actually put pen to paper, you, you... and look at what it's being described, it yeah. becomes a cross. Right. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if something similar was happening here. Right. Because, and think about that, the Lord is there. Right. Uh, so anyway, I don't well, know. That'd the, be really interesting. I don't know the for sure, but but take that as a homework assignment. You right. can let us know what you find out. Wow. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Okay. I say David's full of it. <laughs> Might be. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. No. All right. So, anyways, uh, I accept that. Yeah. It's also found in uh, Psalm forty-six, Revelation twenty-one. 
mm-hmm. which is the coordinates for the new hev- new city, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then Matthew 28. So the Lord is there. All right, next one, and you get to try try to say this one. Yehovah <laughs> Sitzkenu. Say that again. Sitzkenu. Sitzkenu. So, um... So, Sitzkenu, uh, all people, let's see, that means the Lord is our righteousness. Okay. So, um, which is kind of cool, once again, because you don't have any righteousness. It, it, Isaiah tells you, your righteousness is like filthy rags or menstrual rags in <laughs> more down-to-earth right. language. And uh, so, God is our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Yes. It's actually, okay, so Jeremiah 23, which is a Jesus prophecy, mm-hmm. the righteous branch. Behold, the day is coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, mm. capitalized branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his day, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Wow. So, and he's referring to Jesus. Yes. So, <laughs> this is another name of Jesus. Yes. The Lord is our righteousness. Yeah. And so, if you if you stop and think about it, Jesus lived a righteous life that we couldn't do. He died on the cross. He gave he gave it to you. Yeah. If you'll just accept that gift, he's giving you righteousness. Right. I mean, so many of these can just directly correlate with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Emmanuel, uh, Jehovah Tishkinu, uh, Jehovah Shalom, right? Yeah. Uh, Jehovah Shabbat actually refers to Jesus in Revelation. Uh, just so many, so 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 cool that God does this. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Pretty powerful. And so you know, in the one that uh, we didn't talk about a whole lot, but uh, you mentioned it was uh, Yah, yeah, or Jah, Jah. Either, either way, it's a shorter ver- version of Yahweh, right? Uh, but the thing that I find cool about it is it is also incorporated into other words and stuff like Hallelujah, right? So Hallelujah is Hallel means. Um, praise be. Uh, yeah, praising. It's a song. It's about. It's a song right. or a psalm that is sung to God. So, uh, and Yah is God's name. So, Hallelujah is sing praise to God. Right. So, when you say Hallelujah, you're saying praise, praise be, be to, to God, God, or or I'm gonna uh, shouting gl- uh, praise to God. Or right. That sort of thing. And um, pretty powerful. So yeah, and so like um, Elijah. The the last the so the first part of his name is God L mm-hmm. so L I Jah Jah is God and so basically his name means God is Yah God is the Lord right uh, so that's actually a, a really cool name because <laughs> yeah. it's it's redundant in a really good really cool way God is God <laughs> uh, Joshua is um, Yah at the end of it. The Lord is my salvation, which, by the way, is the same name for Jesus. Right. Yeshua, lo- the the Lord saves. The the uh, So Yah saves. That's what Jesus' name actually, in its basic form, Yeshua. That's what it means. The Lord right. saves. Mm. So anyway. And that's one of the best names of Jesus, or names of God, Yeshua, mm-hmm. Jesus. Beautiful. (laughs) All right. All right. So you have some news for us, man? Oh, let's do it. And now the news. All right. So uh, there's going to be some faith-based shows 
that are competing to be on primetime TV this spring. Very is interesting. AD coming back? There's three of them. No, the first one is oh. called, and they say faith-based, but only one of them seems like it could be kind of really faith-based. The Gospel of Kevin, which is a comedy, will follow a man down on his luck who is tasked by God with a mission to save the world. So <laughs> it's going to take place. It's ABC drama that's going to come out. Um, the project stems from a pod deal inked a few years ago by ABC uh, Studios between longtime writing partners Frank As and Butters. Uh, basically, I, that's their names. <laughs> These are the guys that are Butters. Yes. Is it like a clown? Uh, no. <laughs> These guys, okay, you know Agent Carter, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, these are the guys that created, like, worked on and, and made Agent Carter. Oh, okay. So they're going to make this one. Butters the clown. Right. Uh, they also did Resurrection. Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't either. So the Gospel of Kevin is going to be, it's going to have eight, eight, eight episodes in the pilot. So we're going to mm. see what happens. Living biblically, this is the one I want to see. A modern man who, at a crossroads in his life, decides to live life according to the Bible. Like 100% according to the Bible. So wow. it's a comedy. Again, this is another comedy. It's by CBS. So I wonder it's if they're... faith-based or are they faith like yeah comedies, that's what like where you're you're uh, mocking it or whatever you know this one definitely is a faith comedy but i don't even think it's really faith it's it's one man's humble quest to follow the bible as literally as possible so wow that sounds really familiar like i've heard something like that before really yeah I, it's interesting to me i don't i don't What's know it's called again gonna, it's called uh living biblically hmm so that one's coming pretty soon. And then the third one, Forgotten Country, uh, is going to be the same actor who's in the new Case for Christ movie, Mike Vogel. Okay. I don't know if you've seen him. He's also, I think it's Parent, not Parenthood. What is that new show out now? I forget the name of it. It's about these three twins, or these triplets. Yeah. That girl. So now, is this any, in any way tied to the King and Country uh, artist group? No. Musical group? Forgotten Country is all about... Oh, Forgotten Country. Yeah. It's a heart-pounding look at the complex world of the country's bravest military heroes who make personal sacrifices while executing the most challenging and dangerous missions behind enemy lines. That's the idea of that one. And I'm not sure exactly how that could be faith-based other than sacrificing, right? Yeah. But it's very, uh, you know... Sounds interesting. I really want to see Living Biblically. I think that'll be <laughs> pretty interesting. Is that like a reality show? No. Like this, it's a comedy. Oh, okay. I think they're just going to put it, you know, and make it, <laughs> make it outlandish. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Because if you want to take the Bible that literally. Yeah, like I'm not going to drive anymore because exactly. Jesus didn't drive. Right. I'm just going to ride a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear robes. and Yeah. Yeah. Bake my bread in a little... Okay. All right. Uh, the U.S. Department of Just- Justice threatens to remove federal funding from sanctuary cities. Uh, according to the multiple sources, the U.S. Department of Justice announced earlier today that it will block about $4.1 billion in funding to sanctuary cities. These are places where traditionally illegal in- immigrants or aliens can find a kind of informal asylum and uh, from deportation. Under these new restrictions, cities that don't comply will face hefty consequences. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, I mean, he's really 
Trump's kind of cracking down on this whole deporting illegal immigrants thing, which is yeah. exactly what he said he'd do. But on the other side of that, the number of churches offering sanctuary to the immigrants has doubled. Really? Yeah. Uh, in the months since the elected Donald election of Donald Trump, the number of churches offering sanctuary to immigrants fearing deportation has doubled in 800 uh, to 800 across 45 states. The number comes from the church, uh, from the group Church World Service in a new report from uh, Reuters looking at the rise of the religious left since the most recent presidential election. Traditionally, authorities will not enter places uh, worship inner places of worship to carry out deportation, though legally they are not forbidden from doing so. So basically, they're you know giving them sanctuary in the church, right? So that they won't they won't be uh, deported. Wow. Yeah. So the religious left is kind of rising up in this this whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, that is interesting. All right. Let's see. Lawmakers to India lift the ban on compassion compassion international. Oh, yep. Good. So we've been hearing this saga unfold with compassion international being yep. kicked out of India. Earlier this month, government officials in India took banks told banks in the country to stop processing payments for uh, the Christian charity organization Compassion International. The child sponsorship organization supported more than 145,000 kids in India through its large base of donors. According to reports, the Indian government accused uh, CI of converting children to Christianity, an accusation that CI executives deny. They also say the Indian officials haven't given them an opportunity to formally refute the claims. There have been a a lack of transparency around the entire process. Now, a bipartisan group of 107 members of Congress are getting involved. They've signed a letter to the Indian government officials, and they've asked for the ban to be lifted. So the U.S.-based group is being protected by our Congress, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that, whether India will listen or uh, or not. But hmm. all right, uh, Jesus's tomb is reopening today after a four million dollar restoration renovation. Yep. Did you hear about that? No. So you don't believe that the traditional churches, the Catholic Calvary or Catholic tomb, is the same one? Do you? Uh, I personally believe Gordon's Calvary is the. Is the actual right Gordon's Calvary? Well, this isn't Gordon's Calvary. This, this is this is the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Right. Yeah. The restoration of the chamber that many believe to be the place where the body of Jesus Christ is laid after the crucifixion is finally complete. For the last nine months, a team from the National Technical University of Athens spent more than four million dollars working on the tomb to preserve it and prevent it from collapsing, which, according to experts, was imminent. Hmm. Wow. The Church of the Holy Sepulcher. Well, that's which, an old church. Right. Like, it's been there for 1,100 years. Right. I mean, it's like, it's been there for a long time. Yeah. Like, the historical memory of that place, historical memory alone gives it pretty good credence. Yeah. But I think there are other evidences uh, evidence that actually kind of points to it being another. And one of the things that I think is really kind of cool is that people are freaking out over there at the Holy Sepulcher. Like, they're bowing down, they're kissing the floor, and everyone's, there's gold everywhere, and there's right. all this incense burning, and there's... Every denomination in town sure. has a section that they control. You know, the Greek Orthodoxy is here, and the Catholics are here, and wow. and, and Muslims actually hold the key to the gate to the door. 
like every morning the, because the Muslims don't have a claim. Right. So they they're like the 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 uh like the neutral guy. Yeah. And he's got the key. So he lets them all in because they'll fight over Wow. You know, oh, wait a minute. The Armenians are in my place today and they're not supposed to be there. And so there's all this fighting and commotion and all that that happens at the Holy Sepulchre. Huh. And then you go over to Gordon's Calvary and it's quiet, peaceful. No one's freaking out. They've built a little nice garden around everything. Wow. <laughs> it's, and it's just very spiritual. In its, and I mean, that is so God. I mean, that is so, let, let's make the place over here. Where people think it might, yeah. Be. Where people will freak out, and then we'll, and then we'll just be humble and everything over here. Right. And I just love the. I just think it's kind of cool. Wow. But anyway, we'll have to do a study sometime on the show. Yeah. About. Uh, all oh that. yeah, you. Uh, this is what the. This is hilarious. This is exactly what the art article said what you said the tomb has a contentious history six different christian denominations share collective ownership over the church and they don't always get along as the guardian notes disputes over who is responsible for certain areas of the church frequently become so heated that for the last eight centuries leaders from the six denominations have actually allowed a muslim family to hold the keys (laughs) isn't that crazy it's nuts to me (laughs) <laughs> we can't get along, even in the you know supposed place where <laughs> Jesus yeah. was buried. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I to be honest, when we were there, I didn't feel much spiritual movement at all when I was at the at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Yeah, I walked around and I just thought idolatry. This is all I see. Wow. And uh, but then totally different. Like I fell to my knees at garden at the Garden Tomb at yeah. Gordon's Calvary. It was so powerful spiritually. Huh. It was just like I, I, they would let us go into the tomb one by one or whatever, and at first I just couldn't do it. I was just sitting out there by the on the trough where the stone right. was rolled, and I just couldn't even go in. I just had to. I finally was able to, but I mean, at first I was like, I don't think I can huh. go in there. It was I, I, I can't explain it. It was this was weird spiritual feeling. Wow. It was just really overwhelming. It was awesome. Wow. So. All right, last thing, which is has nothing to do really with spirituality, but I think it's kind of cool. The world's largest dinosaur footprints have been found. A group of paleontologists <laughs> at the University of Queensland have found the world's largest dinosaur footprints. It's a lie! And as these images and video from lead researcher Steve Salisbury show, they're terrifyingly large. The new record holder is 5 feet 9 inches long. Team believes they uh, belong to a sauropod, one of, the, oh. one of those long net plant eaters. Salisbury team spent more than five years exploring like the coastal n- area of western Australia where they found the giant tracks. Wow, like a diplodocus. Yeah, it's gigantic. This guy's laying down in it. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Squish. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> just a greasy spot. Yep. All right, that's all I got for you, man. Okay, hey, well, you want to do some trivia right quick? Bring it on. All right, we hadn't done this in a while, so I guess just pick a topic that you want to do, and and I'll do the same. So, um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Bring it on. All right. What topic do you want? Do Old Testament. In what book in the Bible 
is an iron axe head recorded as floating. All right, so it's the story of Elisha. Yes. Um, that I'm trying to remember where Elisha and Elijah are. Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Okay, it's after I'm gonna say David, yeah, after Solomon. Right. After Rehoboam. Right. People won't leave me alone. Is that a chronicle? Uh, nope. All right, I don't know. I forget. That would be... Ah! Samuel. First Samuel or second Samuel? No, second Kings. Second Kings. Yeah. Ah! First Samuel is... David. Saul. Oh, Saul. And David. Second, yeah. Second it's Samuel is se- all David. Right. And then first Kings starts with the whole... Oh, Kings my gosh. Solomon and all. Okay. So, uh, I'll take history and geography, please. All right. In which city did the Thessalonians, uh, sorry, Thessalonians live? <laughs> what? Really? That's your In question. In what city the did the Thessalonians, Thessalonians live? I think this is a very easy one because the Old Testament. Oh, you think so, huh? The Old Testament question is just as easy. Thessalonica. Yeah, I, said, I almost said Thessalonica. <laughs> I'm still having a hard time finding my buttons in here. Okay, so, okay, what do you want next? Uh, New Testament. I struck out with Old Testament. Okay, New New Testament. Testament. For which New Testament book is there at least evidence of its exact authorship? Where's my button? Wow. Wait a minute. Oh, sorry. Let me pause that. For which New Testament book is there the least evidence of its exact authorship? Okay. (laughs) So it's the one we have the most doubt about. Hebrews. (laughs) Just jumping the gun. Yes. Hebrews. I'm like, the most... Well, I mean, Romans is undisputed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was kind of confused with that, too. I was kind of thinking, wait a minute. So there's one that has just, we know 100% and none of the rest that do? I don't know. Okay, so, okay. uh, You know, I'm going to just be... uh, I'm going to... I'm going with prophecy. P. All right, hold on. Yeah, this is honestly the Old Testament. Which action of David? No, don't hit this. Okay. Which action of David offended his wife Michael? Dancing. Yeah. The the prophecy on this one is: What city did Jonah try to reach instead of obeying the Lord's command? Nineveh. Just go through that whole card. Let me see if I can name them all. I bet you could. <laughs> uh, in which city Thessalon- Thessalonians yeah. live? What? Who was the mother of John the Baptist? The mother of John the Baptist would be Elizabeth. Yes. What four books of the New Testament consist of only one chapter each? Uh, Jude, uh-huh. Titus. No, Jude, Philemon. Philemon. Um, There's a Peter in there. Second John, third John. 
Oh, second John. That's right. Second John, third John. Uh, specify how the eleven chose an apostle to replace Judas Iscariot. The, the cast lots. <laughs> According to Proverbs sixteen thirty one, what is a crown of glory? Sixteen Proverbs sixteen thirty one. A uh, crown of glory. That would be a good wife, isn't it? Is it or is it a family? What is the answer? Um, That's the one I'm not sure about. Gray hair. Gray hair. Yes. That is a crown of glory. I don't have any gray hair. No, I got some. Yeah, my, I got do. some in my beard. Yeah, but I don't have any on the head. I, I've got some silver coming in. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, I, I guess I have more of a crown of glory. All right, hey, check this out. Get out of here. Yeah, let's do this. Let's find this here. <clears throat> Brump. The Theonauts. Yes. The Theonauts are part <laughs> of the Great Commission Transmission Network. Using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and stay up to date with all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema and the Secret Fire Podcast. Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theonauts. And if you like us and want more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. This is your great